Today is Wednesday. It is October 14th, 2020. We're ready to begin our worship service. Let's begin with prayer. Father, thank you so much for this time we have together. We're glad to be here. We thank you for life, health, and strength. And as we are in this world, we pray for wisdom as we navigate the troubled waters that are here. You said there will be trouble in this world, but that we could find peace in you. So, Lord, we are focusing our attention to come into the knowledge of the truth so that we can know you better. We pray for those who are joining, those who are on the call, pray for wisdom and knowledge for all of us as we focus our attention on Romans tonight. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. 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 Well, all right. So we are studying, as you know, in Romans chapter 8. And we are at some pivotal verses where uh, I think we have, as the phrase goes, we have been to the mountaintop. (laughs) Literally, some of the things that are here are out of this world. And... I think I was talking to somebody, I'm not sure if it was Fred or Dwight, and one of the things that I I thought was, what would people who are reading these verses think when they see the glorious language that is ascribed to us? How would people look at this, and what would be their thought? So we're going to get there tonight. I think we're at verse oh, 26, Romans 8:26. In the same way, the Spirit helps with our helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. So we'll hopefully we'll get a chance to look at that in more detail tonight. And uh, so before we do, We usually have a short session if we need to uh, deal with questions and comments, thoughts, anything you want to talk about, previous uh, studies that we've been in, what's on your mind. So we'll take a little time for that. The floor is open. Oh, you know know that first, you know that first people use that as a way of speaking in tongues. Yeah, we're going to talk about that tonight. Yeah, in fact, I don't know. Wow, well, we... that awesome. I'm sorry? We were doing that. That's what House Church was about tonight. Oh, really? <laughs> you going to get... Yes. Okay, so you know what? Since she had... Dawn already had this verse, so we're going to talk about another one, guys. See, we don't want to give her a double dose of... I mean, the same oh, verse. Hey, that's okay. That's okay. Just, they, they asked me, you know what it was to speak in tongues? I said, no, but God gave me a tongue. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> so we, we're going to definitely under, try to understand that verse. And I think the Bible is pretty clear on what it is. And so as we get into it, hopefully, you know, I will elicit what your responses are. In fact, any questions you have, any thoughts? 
We can certainly try to deal with them as best we can. But I think the Bible is pretty clear on what it is. If I could just, I don't really have a question, uh, but I have a comment. Sure, go right ahead, Fred. You know, um, creation, waiting for the sons of God to be revealed, what's what's clear to me is, you know, this is what is the word of God, and this has been around for 2,000 years. But the language of son of God uh, from eternity past, and uh, it's, it's just amazing that uh, in talking to people and I slip up and uh, some of my excitement comes out, that they they look at me like I'm some kind of nut from out of from I'm out, from out of space, <laughs> and uh, you know I, I think that uh, to communicate with people you have to temper your excitement, and uh, I don't I don't say uh, bring it down to a, a level that they understand, but I, I don't think you can uh, you know communicate immediately to everybody what's and, and that's what's amazing that's when you know I, I hear you know I, I, I see these reactions and I I'm, I'm just this is this has been printed this is the word of God this is nothing that was made up this is the word of God right we didn't and we didn't come up with this so it, it's that's just my comment it's just a little remarkable to me people's reaction. When you say you're a son of God, even that—I mean, they like son, but when you add son of God, I, I, I think they look at you a little crazy. Yeah. Well, one one thing I would say is um, what we talked about last time. What you want to do is maybe interview some people and find out what it is they think about these verses. You, you don't have to say, hey, here's what I think about them, but in, in just a pursuit of wondering what people think, uh, let's, let's see what people think by asking them questions. and Not necessarily trying to teach them something, but just trying to get a general understanding of what people think about these verses. I, I'm just curious of how... <laughs> what God says about us, it is off the scale of what is human even, that we could have such an impact on not just some city or town, not some the world even, but the entire universe. I can't understand. All creation. Yeah, so I, I don't know what kind of power that is that can affect the universe. We can't even see the whole universe. In fact, we can only see but so far. Even with the highest power telescopes that we have. And here we're talking about something that will affect the entire universe. I mean, that is, to me, where do we put that? I mean, it's just overwhelming it's to me. Uh, and I look at that. So, that's a, a, just an exercise. Now, of course, if people want to know what you think about it, you could share if they're if they're willing. But I, you know, the pursuit to me is what what do other people think about these verses we have gone over? 
And I thought, uh, you know, the Lord has shown us some things here that were profound. I really do. I really think that. And I, I'm really interested to find what is the general consensus. Now, of course, Fred and I and others, I'm sure, have already read what the commentaries have said. So I got that. And, uh, and you, you certainly have liberty to read what the commentaries say. Uh, but I'm curious to see. And, you know, maybe we'll have a, a directed question and answer period next time. And we can bring back some feedback about what people think. If you are all willing to commit to that, we can do it. Sounds good to me. Hey. Sounds great. You know, you know, yeah, sounds good to me, uh, Brother Doug. Uh, you know, when you look at, you talk about planet Earth, which is where we abide, uh, compared to the universe, it starts giving you, it, it, it starts blowing you away when it talks about uh, creation, all creation. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah. waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. And the earth is just a little dot on the on the scale of the universe compared to the universe, what we know. And, we, and that's what man sees through their telescopes and their science. Uh, I don't know from God's view what entails the universe. It, it's mind-blowing. So all of this... Yeah, the, so the scope of the universe is mind-blowing for us human beings to look at and try to, you know, uh, measure. We can't measure the universe. Uh, scientists say they could measure it, but uh, I don't... There, there's, there are certain limitations we have. I mean, they don't even measure the universe in terms of miles or kilometers. We have to measure the universe in terms of light years. So a light year is 186,000 miles per second. That's, that's how fast one light year is. Well, it, it, it's how far light travels in a year at that speed. Yeah. So, so, so you think when God says he's going to... I'm sorry? I want to cut you off. Go ahead. So you think when, when God states that he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth, you think does that include the universe? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, that's what it says in Revelation. That's what we've been studying. Uh, we said that it's happening in two phases. Right? And the, the two phases are uh, when Christ comes back in the second coming, right, with the sons of God, there will be effectively changes on the earth. And the topography, the, uh, the, the animal creation, plant, every, you know, everything will change. Even our longevity will, will, will be changed, those who are here. They won't die after um, 70, 80, 90, 100 years. Uh, they, if, they will last the entire millennium, which is 1,000 years. So... Imagine that. I mean, we're back to what happened, some of those uh, ages we read in Genesis. And so-and-so lived 969 years, and so-and-so, you know. So we read about a lot of those uh, 
those early human beings who had longevity, I mean, 10 times what we have now. And I would even say more because people die from all sorts of maladies and diseases and wars and pestilence and you name it. Things are going on and taking people into eternity. So none of that will be true in the millennium. So lifestyle, life will be increased. And these are people that don't have resurrection bodies. So one of the things I had been studying, and this is, uh, I'll take a five more minutes to talk about it if I could, is when we have read a lot of the miracles, the signs, and the wonders of Christ in the Gospels. And it is amazing to watch. I mean, when Christ came, there was nothing like him. I mean, he was doing miracles far beyond what a lot of people today, today are saying is miraculous. He was doing so many, uh, the types of miracles. I mean, th just look at the one where he multiplied the fishes and the loaves. I mean, food is not going to be a problem. So what I realized is Christ was presenting his platform now of course i always thought okay yeah he's presenting his platform in in matthew chapter 5 you know the sermon on the mount but he was presenting his platform in everything he did and he said this basically this is the way things will be when i am ruling the earth and he talked about the uh, sickness being healed the eyes of the he you know wherever he went he was healing people. People were emptying towns. Right? He says, oh, I'm going to be in the next town. People from all over were bringing their sick to him, and he healed them all. It wasn't, it's, it, it's just, he could have healed the whole world if he wanted to. And guess what? He will heal the whole world. He will. And not only of the world, but of sickness and disease and, and death, but he will, the changes that will happen in this world through nature, like it says, the earth itself is, the creation itself is, uh, will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom of the glory and glory of the children of God. So what we are seeing by looking at Jesus Christ walking this earth and all of the miracle signs and wonders that accompanied him not just, hey, just to show that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God, but he's demonstrating who he is and what it will be like when he rules the earth. There won't be any more war or you know, nations and armies and all those things that where they need an army. They, there won't be that. No, not necessary. So, but that time is not now, obviously. Uh, Christ is coming and all of this will begin at the second advent so these changes in the world and us and and uh, animals and nature what we call nature we think is nature <laughs> it's really going to be something completely different all of this is a part of what God can do and will do when he rules this earth so we'll get a chance to see the kingdom on this earth in a different and new and a living way. Uh, things will be eliminated that everywhere sin has touched, part of it is 
well, we know the angels sinned, and they're, they traverse the, the starry heavens. So when we talk about the vastness of the universe, that is the domain of angels. Imagine how many angels there are if they have to have a domain that vast. And uh, then all we have is earth. But the earth has been infected with sin. So when we talk about disease and death and, and sickness and all of the things, that, the deformities and things as a result of sin, all of that will be reversed, just like it was when Christ walked the earth and healed some people. He didn't heal everybody, but he was letting people know who he was and what his kingdom was going to be about. Casting out devils. And wherever he went, Christ corrected those things. And that is what's going to happen in the uh, millennium. And obviously, there will be none of that in the eternal state. Because there won't be any more uh, bodies that are uh, of the first Adam. It will judgment will have happened in eternity. People will be uh, existing in the, in the eternal state. So, when you think about Christ and what He will bring and the the power that it takes to overcome all of those things, which we think today are just the worst things, the, the highest challenges that we we have to to meet is you know the sickness, the disease, the death. You know, people are, you know, the whole thought is, you know, a lot of people have money. They have all the money they could possibly ever need. But they don't have longevity. You can't buy time. When it's time to go, you're out of here. And it doesn't matter who you were. You got to leave. That's it. So just imagine you have it all. Longevity won't be an issue. Uh so it's going to be a glorious time for this earth and more so for us who are the catalysts for this to happen. So we'll pause. I'll pause to see if you have any follow-up comments, but we do, we do have to get into our next phrase. Uh, I just have a comment where Fred said earlier, uh, you said people don't like, people look at him like he's crazy with him. Once you say that, uh, it's possible because at the transfiguration where the Father says to James, John, and uh, this is my beloved son, hear him. And when that verse comes up in Romans chapter 8, they try to compare that with that verse also? Um, I'm, I had some tough time hearing you, but I think I understood what you were saying. Uh, well, you know where the Father said this is my beloved son. Yes. I know. Um, you want you to hear, but then that verse in Romans says the creation waits for the sons of God to be revealed. You think people get that mixed? You think people are getting that bump confused? I don't know. I, I don't know if that's the thought. It could be. If people are confused, there's no telling what it is they're confused about. But but one thing to note is, listen, when you talk about the things that God has revealed to us through the Spirit. When you talk about those things, people who don't believe what the Spirit has brought to us, what will they say to that? 1 Corinthians 2.14 is very clear. 
says they will let me just read it since since we are right here first corinthians 2 14 the person without the spirit he does not accept the things that come from the spirit so the spirit of god see so here the person without the spirit means the person without the spirit's tutelage right because remember, in the previous verse, he said, this is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but words taught us by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. Now, the person without the Spirit, without the benefit of that, they are not going to be able to get into that because they do not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. Well, what do they think about them? But considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. So it's not surprising to us that people would react to things that you're talking about. If you look in verse 9, however, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So when we were talking about things that people can't see, they can't hear, they, it can't, they can't conceive of it in their minds, uh, then what, what's left? They're going to assign it to foolishness. But that is what God is showing us. So you try to go tell people what eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither have they entered into the heart of man, they're going to say it's foolishness. That's because they're not, they reject what comes from the ministry of the Spirit. What the Spirit has done at Pentecost. It is beyond understanding right so all we can do is submit to the spirit right and allow him to teach us what those things are now look at verse 15 the person with the spirit in other words he, he has taken advantage of what the spirit's tutelage is he makes judgments about all things notice he makes judgments about all things all things are with reference to what the creation all things is is a technical term that we discussed when we talked about what Christ it says uh, for by him all things were created things in heaven things on earth things invisible whether they be thrones dominions powers all things were created by him and for him so the person with the spirit is able to make judgments about all things but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments so when you get the spirit God has been able to activate a different knowledge, a different wisdom, right? Things that people, humanly speaking, cannot comprehend. So don't be too surprised of somebody's reaction to things that you're talking about that relate to things of the Spirit. I would say it is par for course. That is what we should expect. Now, of course, this is not to say, oh, we have something nobody else can have. That's not what we're saying is, is that it's available to those who will have it, who want it. God is saying, you know, this is part of our heritage in Christ. It's part of who we are, what God has has uh, given us, the tr as it says in Colossians, the treasures of wisdom and knowledge that are found in Christ. So it's part of who we are and what our destiny is. 
But for people who don't believe such things, uh, then they won't be able to search these things out. The spirit, they are rejecting the spirit. People can reject the spirit, as we said last time. Just like Acts, uh, Peter, not Peter, but S Stephen was being getting ready to, to die. And he said to those people who were getting ready to stone him, you do always resist the Holy Spirit. Now just imagine, P Steve, Stephen was in the church age. The, the, the baptism of the Spirit had already happened. So for those people, they were resisting the Holy Spirit. He said, just as your forefathers did, so do you. So there was a pattern of resisting the Holy Spirit. Now, listen, is the Spirit going to tell you something, you know, that disagrees or that is not something you've learned, humanly speaking? Absolutely. That is the point. That's what verse 9 is all about. And the Bible calls it the deep things of God. The Spirit is able to get to the deep things of God and reveal them to us. So, this is, God is happy to do it. He's happy to show us. But, uh... I would think this is par for the course for people to be uh, confused about what we're saying. Well, they crucified Christ. They said he was crazy, didn't they? They said, oh, he's, he's got it. He's, not only is he crazy, but he's got a demon. And he's committed blasphemy. He said things he, he can't. He's as a man, you're making yourself out to be God. And Christ was God. But they put him on the cross. They said, crucify him he's worthy of death i mean he, all he did was go out and heal people and help people and teach people of the kingdom so anyway we're we're going to get back to romans because we'll dig into this verse let's uh romans chapter eight romans eight so so here we are um we talked about hope last time in these previous verses, and one of the things that were that just jumped out to me in these verses was, like it says in verse 24 and 25, for in this hope we were saved. In other words, the reason why we were saved is not just to be saved in and of itself. It was this hope. Now, what, what is this hope? Then he, he's explaining it in the previous verses about who we are and what we should expect as absolutely confident that God is going to do for us. And he said some, some things that were so sure in the previous verses, like, uh, for instance, for those who are led by the Spirit of God or children of God, uh, the spirit you received, this, this is verse 15, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought you uh, about your adoption to sonship. Now, put a, peg, a pin in that adoption to sonship because when you go all the way down to verse 23, not only so, but we ourselves have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship. The redemption of our bodies so that is what it says in 15 right the spirit who brought about adoption to sonship and by him we cry abba father so obviously he's been building this whole thing all the way down and he continues verse 16 the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are 
God's children. Now, then the logical conclusion, if we're children, then we're heirs, heirs of God. Now, we're not just heirs of Abraham or heirs of Christ. We're heirs of God. That's God the Father and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. So, talk about who we are. This should begin to establish the hope. Now, we've, we've gone through a lot of verses. Hopefully, that hope, this hope, is indelibly printed in your, your spirit and in your soul. Because this is a part of who you are. This is your destiny. This is what God made of you from eternity past when he called you in Christ before the creation of the world. So this, then he gets into, uh, in verse 18 and following, where we were about the effect that we have as sons, as children, with this destiny. What effect that has on all creation. And what creation was subjected to frustration, verse 20, and not by its own choice, but by the will of him, of the one who subjected it in hope. So God put this subjection on the creation and all creation. Remember, sin touched not only the earth, because God had to restore the earth for man to, to live on it. But when he did, he allowed Satan in the middle of the garden. So all of that is to say... God allowed man to come into the world with free will, and man used that free will negatively, which, got, which in turn caused God to curse the earth, which, or judge the earth, and the earth being personified here is, where it says, verse 21, the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay. So we know that the earth is deteriorating, and we saw how the uh, Bible says in Hebrews, the earth is wearing out like a garment, like it's going to be rolled up like a scroll one day and God's just going to take it all away and brought into the freedom notice of the glory of the children of God. So that is key when we think about all that the Spirit was able to do in uniting us to the person of Christ. That's why we're sons and children in the first place. So we got down and we saw the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we eagerly await, uh, wait for our, the adoption to sonship. So even though positionally we are adopted, right, we're sons, the moment God chose us in Him before the creation of the world, Ephesians 1, 4, the moment He did that, then we were adopted as sons through Jesus Christ. Now, of course, it's not complete, though, until we receive resurrection bodies. He will take our lowly bodies and they will be transformed into his glorious body. That won't ha that's in Philippians, but that won't happen until this key time that we've been discussing within these verses. So we realize that it is a hope. The hope is not just for us. Oh, I hope we'd be blessed. I hope we're going to be blessed one day. No, the hope is that once we get our resurrection body, the Father's eternal purpose for the church will be complete. Just like it says, uh, he will be caught up together to meet them in the air. And so shall we always ever be with the Lord. And that is our destiny, that we are united with him and we will be with him and we will be like him forever. This is our destiny. So 
And and not only that, but the earth itself will be liberated from its bondage. All creation will be liberated from the bondage of sin. And we saw that in phases. Christ comes back to millennium. And then we saw how all of that boils up to where he will destroy all things. The universe will be destroyed. As it says, uh, and then there will be a new heavens and a new earth. And then God will see the new Jerusalem and so forth and so on. So all of this is the hope. And I've been trying to paint this hope in your spirits so that this is something that we understand what our destiny is. We know why we get up in the morning. We have a, a clear understanding of what our purpose is, what our mission is down here. That even though you may look like everybody else, you are not. You are not ordinary. You are extraordinary. So when we get to these verses, and it speaks of the power that we have in Christ, uh, the impact, the effect that we will affect the whole creation, which is the whole universe, and 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 how God, what our destiny is in Christ, this should have some sort of anticipation in your mind, right? This is what it talks about in, in verse 23. Is verse 23, which says, we who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly. Well, what, is, what does that mean? It means we long for, we yearn for these things to happen because we know them now. They are certainly in the forefront of our minds. We, like I said, we get up in the morning, we know that this is our destiny, this is who we are. And we don't just do this out of a spirit of duty and obedience. We do what we do out of love. We're not doing this because God will bless us in some manner. We've been blessed already with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This, this is not something we're doing to get a reward. We do this because of who we are. And, and once God shows you who you are, then the hope begins to well in your soul and your spirit and you begin to understand and live your life and it becomes a part of your conscious thinking the hope that he has called us to so he says for who uh, verse 20 24 for in this hope we were saved well that's the reason why god saved us is because he called us from eternity past but it but hope that is seen there's no hope at all we talked about the fact that salvation is a done deal Right? God saved us the moment we put our faith in Christ. That we shall not perish, we shall have, possess eternal life. We've crossed over from death to life. We should not be condemned. All those things. Who hopes for what they already have? We already have that. Right? But, we, but, but if we hope for what we do not yet have, verse 25, we wait patiently. And waiting patiently is what that groaning inwardly. We know it's going to happen. We yearn for it to happen. We can't wait for it to happen. But what do we know? We're going to wait until God's perfect timing for him to bring together all things. And in, under one head, that is Christ. So that is where we have studied. Verse 26, in the same way. Okay, so now, in the same way, when it says that, we have to pay attention to what do you mean in the same way? So we who have the first fruits of the Spirit, in the same way as that, right? 
but we we groan inwardly we we know that we're in these bodies but what we will be has not yet happened so we have that hope but now we're going to find out in the same way the spirit has done all of that for us and given us a hope that causes that yearning in the same way the spirit so we're talking about the spirit and what he has done for us now we're going to see another area where the spirit helps us so that in the same way is relative to when you go back to or related to when you look at romans 8 23 it's the same thing here we see the holy spirit in action once again his work remember is behind the scenes like it says in john 16 13 where it says he will not speak on his own he will not puff himself up it's not going to be about him christ said he will glorify me that is the role of the spirit he's to take a back seat he's not going to get in the driver's seat and everybody's running around talking about god the holy spirit in this manner but the spirit comes so that he can glorify christ and what's christ about christ is lord and christ says everything i have i received from the father so that is why i'm making it known to you he says that's basically saying that's why i'm telling you because what i have comes from the father and you are a part of what the father has called he called you from eternity past he chose you in him so so when we think about in the same way the spirit so now we're seeing more that the spirit does and remember he's already behind the scenes he's already not making uh, waves so that you know it's him he if anything you're going to say christ because the spirit is he's saying i want to glorify christ i want to take from the mind of christ and make it known to you that's his objective he is called the spirit of truth by jesus several times and in this w- w- what we need to understand is there is so much for us to learn about who we are in christ that we need him <laughs> he's not just there as a fixture uh, that we can use sometimes we depend on him every moment of every day that we live on this earth he is a part He is so integrated with our consciousness that we think that it is us when really it's the holy spirit he's the one who is causing us to will and to do according to his good pleasure so all in all of this so we could see that that's his job right and this is part of his behind the scenes work don't get this whole thing all twisted up where you think well i'm i'm this and i this is my motivation listen the spirit took you from uh adam remember and baptized you into christ and there was not one good thought there was not one who was righteous all have turned away none who do good this is where he found you and everything every good thought every understanding of knowledge or righteousness that you now know is as a result of god the holy spirit working at a base level in you trying to get you to will and to do his good pleasure so so you think about the holy spirit's job wow 
It's comprehensive. And not only is it that comprehensive, he's saying now, he's getting ready to tell us something more about the ministry of the Spirit on our behalf. So since the Holy Spirit operates in the background, that's the question you have to ask. How often do you take credit for actions of the Holy Spirit in you? How often? Now, ultimately, you don't have to identify, okay, that was my thought, and that was the Holy Spirit's thought. That's not what I'm asking you to do. What I'm asking you is to help you understand the assets that God provided us so that it doesn't, we're not just sitting around thinking, wow, you know, God, the Holy Spirit told me to do something good. No, it goes back to that thing that we were just reading in 1 Corinthians, how eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. How much do you think you have to learn? You have to learn everything. I mean, it's not even about speaking from a human perspective when you have so much to learn. So this is why, when I think about the Spirit's ministry, I get excited because the Spirit is our competency. Right? We can't even know the things of God. I mean, God is on a, here we are on one level, God is way above. He even says it in Isaiah 58 and 9, 55, 8 and 9. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. As the heavens are high, how, how far? As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts and ways higher than yours. It's not even close. So what the Spirit has brought to us is the competency, the intelligence, the intellect of God. That's what it literally says in 1 Corinthians. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And he's makes freely, he freely makes them known to us. He's happy to reveal these things. So, that's the Spirit. And then, so, let's take the next phrase. So, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Okay, what is weakness, right? And there's this Greek word, and I'm not going to try to mess it up, because then you guys will think I'm speaking in some kind of tongues. But I'm not doing it. I'm not going to tell you. It's I could spell it for you, but I'm not going to mess it up. Anyway, this is what it means. Feebleness. Feebleness of body or mind. By implication, it's a malady. Something that's wrong with us. It's moral frailty. Disease. Infirmity. Sickness. Weakness. These are all words that can be translated by the Greek word that is translated weakness. So just think about that. Think about in the same way the Spirit helps us. So we are related to what's happening around the world. So if you look at uh, verse 22, it says, We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so. Right? In other words, more than that, so are we ourselves are having the same issue. So just like, just like the world was going through this, being subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of him who subjected it in hope that creation would be liberated from its bondage to decay. Well, the bondage to decay is happening in our bodies. And it's causing us not only physical weakness, 
mental weakness, mental feebleness and frailty as well. So when you think about that, that's who we are. We're living in bodies that are subject to decay. I don't have to tell you that. If you've gotten older, you already know that you can't do the things that you used to do. I can tell you. I can't go out and play ball anymore. I can't do this. I can't do that. I got to be careful because I'm older. And I'm not ashamed to say. Hopefully, on the outside, we're wasting away. That's what Second Corinthians 4 says. But on the inside, we're being renewed day by day. So I'd rather take the renewed day by day than the youth without the renewal. I'd rather be on this side where God is giving us this enlightenment and wisdom of what who and who we are in Christ. That is more important to me. I'm, I'm fine. Let's, the more I waste away, you know what it means? It means I'm groaning inwardly. I'm yearning for that time when God will complete his work in me. And, and I will receive the full adoption to sons. That is the redemption of my body. So that renewal is, is what keeps me alive. It keeps me going every day. That's the, the hope that is within me. So, so think about that. There's the correlation to in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Well, we have this weakness, this feebleness of body and soul. Right? We can't even remember what happened yesterday, let alone how, do we, how are we going to have the competency of God where, where we're able to comprehend the, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and past generations, but it is now revealed that it is our destiny, it is our inheritance. So even James talks about it this way. He, he speaks of it in terms of our lifespan. He says, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. That's in James 4, 14. You're just like a, a puff of smoke, a vapor. You know, you look at it for one moment, you see it clearly. It's clearly defined. And the next moment you turn back to look and you can't find it. It's gone. It vanishes. That's your lifespan. Imagine that. Talk about feeble, weak, you know moral frailty, the whole thing, you know, disease and sickness that takes all these things that can take us out. I said earlier, disease, sickness, war, old age. There's all kind of reasons why these bodies that have been subject to sin for so long are decaying and deteriorating. So in that, that is what I think He's talking about when he says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. So, shorten lifespan, right, all that. So, so then there's the Spirit is the one who baptized us into the body of Christ. He's the one that put us in this position where we now have this hope. The Spirit, it's 1 Corinthians 12, 13, by one Spirit, where we all baptize into one body. That is the body of Christ. And all creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. That's 819. Just imagine what the, you know, the end of that would be. The fact that God caused you to be in Christ by the baptism of the Spirit. And then 
all creation is waiting for us, for God to complete his work in us. Because then that will be the catalyst for how God will then present us at the second coming and then uh, after the millennium and all these things that will happen uh, and on the earth, the changes that will happen in the universe will all be as a result of God completing the work that he has planned for us. And that work is, when we said it before, why did God create the universe? We could, we could answer that because he wanted to bring many sons into glory. So imagine the universe was already tied to a purpose. And that purpose was that he wanted to bring many sons into glory. So it's not surprising that when the sons of God come into glory, that God does, in fact, recreate all things. So we're already tied to God creating the universe. But would God create the universe for us? Yes, he did. That's exactly what the scripture tells us. What he was thinking about. He chose you in Christ before, before the creation of the world. This, this, this wisdom was destined for our glory before time began. That's 1 Corinthians 2. So it is, to me, it's clear when we think about what God has done and what he is doing. So he baptized us into Christ. That is related to Romans eight nineteen, where it says, For creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. And then, so when we think about the completion of the Father's mystery plan, it coincides with the universal changes that lead us into the eternal state. Yeah. So we see the end point. Okay, what's the the father is calling out those many sons. He started at Pentecost. He will complete it at the rapture. But all of that was kept hidden. Nobody knew about it. It was hid in God. It wasn't revealed to Israel. It was revealed to angels. It was hid in God. So now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God will be made known, not only to uh, those who are on the earth, but to the rulers and the principalities and powers in the heavenly realms. They're going to see. Right? So this is a clear endpoint for God. He said, like, I did what I set out to do. I got what I, lo- I was looking for. So now I will complete human history and finish it all. So it's interesting as we see it. It, it leads us right to the eternal state. So some fantastic things will be happening soon. We don't know what soon is. God has to tell us what soon is. So let's continue in the verse. So we do not know what we ought to pray for. Right? So the, in the same way the Spirit helps with our weaknesses, we do not know what we ought to pray for. So, so this is the thought. Uh, given who we are and what we're doing here, we, with our... Uh, I could say simple minds compared to God cannot see the big picture clearly. We just cannot see. What what is the problem? We can't see who we are. Just like it says in Romans 6, 3. What? Did you not know that you were baptized into Christ? You were baptized into his death? That like as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life? You did not know who you were. You have to learn. 
about this information. We don't see the big picture. Like, really, when I think about this whole thing, and this speaks of our role in the battle, on the battlefield. This is where God has placed us, where we have this ignorance about who we are. This ignorance is, it, everyone has it. So that's why, as newborn babes, what should first, uh, first Peter 2, desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Right? And, and then uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Stop being conformed to this, this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. See, this, God is saying, I already did all the work. I already baptized you in Christ. You're already seated in heavenly places, positionally, in Christ Jesus. All that's happening. Now, you're on the earth. You're in the battle. What can you not see? What can you see? Uh, you, your sight is limited by your spiritual growth. So you need to have wisdom in order to fight on the battle. So we so so when it talks about we don't know what we ought to pray for, that's what when we studied Ephesians chapter six, that's battlefield prayer. Let's look at it. Let's look at it. Because it's gonna take more than us to know what the dangers and the, tr the troubles that Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble. We don't even see it. And we used to pray in church years ago, I remember, for danger seen and unseen. Well, that's, this is what, what he's saying here. We can't see. We don't even know about the danger. I'm going to Ephesians chapter 6 real quick. 6, uh, let's see, 18. And we'll read 18 through 20. Now, if you know anything about Ephesians 6, you know that this has to do with our struggle. It's not against flesh and blood, but against, this is verse 12, by the way, against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So then he tells you, put on the full armor of God so that you so that when the day of evil comes you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand and you have to stand there uh, firm with a belt of truth buckled around your waist and a breastplate of righteousness in place and the feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace and all these are what you need to have but then there's something that happens in verse 18 and pray in the spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. Now, what is he talking about? Does he tell you what to pray for? Exactly? No. Well, he's getting ready to tell some specific. Uh, but here, listen, this is what you need when you're on the battlefield and these situations where uh, you're under attack, right? So you you got to pray. And this, and this is where prayer can be effective. But notice what you're, you need to be. With this in mind, be alert. And always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Notice how important. This is what I call battlefield prayer. This is not the prayer, Oh, Father, thank you for the day. And you've been good. Thank you for, for life. Thank you for... The... No, this is prayer that comes from people who are under duress. Who are under pressure. Pray in all sorts of situations and all kinds of prayers and requests. And this, keep alert, be alert. This is battlefield talk. 
And well, you already know that because we talked about the what we need to have the full armor of God and so forth and so on. Verse 19, pray also for me that whenever I speak, whenever I, I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Notice where we are. I remember we were in Ephesians 6. I never wanted to finish with Ephesians 6, 19. That verse says it all. And then 20, it says it, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So this is what we don't know. We're, we're on the battlefield, but we really, do we, do we, are we under, or is this our normal? No, I think this is when you're under stress. So that's when the day of evil comes. Right? This is when this happens, when you need this. But he's saying that you will need it, and this is what you'll need to do. And so what we can't see is what we can't know. I mean, literally. Like right now, can you see angels? Can you see what's happening in heaven? Can you see what Satan's plotting? I mean, God sees all that. He sees what you can't see. He's your sight into the invisible realm. That's what this is talking about from that perspective. So we don't know what we ought to pray for. So the key to having the treasures of wisdom and knowledge is the deposit. So what God has enabled us to see has to be something we grow into. We, we don't just automatically, okay, you, uh, you have all the deep things of God now. No, you don't. You, you have to learn the basics. And then as you, you, you continue to learn the basics, then you have to get into the deeper things of God. So you, God does not send children out to battle. So until you grow up, you, you're not even fit to fight in this manner. So looking at the key to all the not, wisdom and knowledge we talked about how we have received the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. We have the first fruits, we already said, that's in the context. So this allows us insight into the breadth and scope of the battle we face on this earth. I mean, we imagine, otherwise, why would we even talk like this? I mean, if we get into eternity, I mean, we don't have to deal with this anymore. We're not on the battlefield. But while we're on the battlefield, this is for us, right? this, this wisdom. See, it's like the book of Revelation. We'll look at my time. Gosh. So I'll say this. I know I'm way beyond. But so the book of Revelation is one of those books that is, uh, has to do with the timing for those people who are on the ground. So right now we're not in the tribulation. But for those who are in the tribulation, they're going to need to be paying close attention to Revelation because that is literally what God is instructing them. That is the wisdom that they need at that particular time. This is our wisdom. It is all the wisdom of knowledge. and is hidden. I'm going to read that in Colossians. Colossians chapter 2. And we're going to have to close. I know. So Colossians 2. So I want you to know, verse 1, 
How hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea, for all who have not met me personally. Notice, he's contending, he's fighting. Paul understands what it is to be on the battlefield. Verse 2, my goal, what does he want from them? That they may be encouraged in heart and united in love. So that is the motivation we need to get to get the full understanding, right? You've got to have love. This love is a motivation to love what the Father's plan is so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding. There it is right there. The full riches of complete understanding. That's the goal, Paul is saying. In order that they may know what is that, the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So we can't experience these universal changes, the power that changes the universe. Not now, but you just wait. You will. You will experience those things. But what can we know now? We can know all of this. This can be, this is the goal that Paul is, is seeking to bring us to. This is, this is our goal here in this church. This is what we're doing. This is why we're here. That we may come to the full riches of complete understanding. Right? Knowing the mystery of God. And Christ who are all the, hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You won't, you, the only way you're going to get to those is by the spirit of truth. We're going to have to quit. Uh, but we'll I know it's late, but we'll get to this one last phrase in this verse. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans, according to the NIV. We'll talk about what that is and how it is a benefit to us. So I know it's, I'm sorry for, for this time. This happened so fast, but we're going to have to quit. Let's bow our heads as we close. Thank you, Father, for the privilege of your fellowship that you have given us in the Word. And we thank you for calling us from eternity past to be in Christ. The, the destiny that we have, the glorious riches of his inheritance in the saints, as you have said in Ephesians. Thank you, Father for Jesus Christ, who is our example, our Lord, who has tread through this world and has overcome. And we just pray that as we uh, are focused on the mind of Christ, that you will give us all the wisdom and knowledge that we need to navigate through this world as well. We thank you for those who are on this call. And Father, we we know we're in difficult times with this pandemic and a lot of people are out of work and sick and there are people dying all around us. And Father, we pray for wisdom so that we can navigate through the difficult and turbulent times that are here. All this we ask in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Amen.